Welcome to Dead House. I am Dylan. I am Nathan. And we haven't seen each other for two weeks, I think, yeah. until now. This is this is the longest we've been without seeing each other in a long time. Yeah, yeah. We had a bit of a break to, to watch some movies for this episode and mm-hmm. live our live our lives. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and speaking of, what have, what have you gotten up to since the last time we saw each other? You know, not a whole lot. I, I've been up to a little bit like this weekend, like alone. Um, watched a couple of films for this. But Wait, do you mean this weekend alone or this weekend while you were alone? No. <laughs> well, I'm always alone. <laughs> but um, no, like uh, the folks were kind enough to take me out for brunch. Went to this, this nice cafe. I had, uh, it was it was grilled halloumi with I'm out. poached egg, <laughs> uh, spinach and like potato rosties and sauteed mushrooms. Uh, interesting. That's kind of. I, I don't think I've ever actually had halloumi. It just sounds weird. Yeah, it was a very hipster breakfast. <laughs> and um, it's a brunch in it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, last night I saw uh, a Sydney singer called Odette play at uh, Black Bear Lodge. It was very cool. I can't say I've ever heard of him, but that's like eighty percent of the musicians or bands you talk about. She's kind of like. Um, I, I guess if you wanted to put a label on it, she'd be alt pop. She's she kind of like sings in spoken word verses over piano, so it's my jam. Oh, so that's that's almost your thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what about you, good sir? What's been happening? Uh oh, for the first thing last weekend, we, uh, me and the missus, did mm-hmm. a, like a Beauty and the Beast scavenger hunt in the city. Okay. So it was like okay. a, it's like a, like a, you know what geocaching is? No. Okay. <laughs> well, that would have made this a lot easier. It's geocaching. where, yeah, it's where you have an app on your phone that. Like has a map of where you're like your surrounding area, okay. And then on the map, it's got certain things that you go to, and it like gives you a puzzle or a trivia or something yeah, like, like that. clues, like clues to right. go to the next place. And okay. so it's all Beauty and the Beast themed, uh, and it's something that like you sign up for, you pay like an entry fee, but you can you have like all day to do it. Mm. Uh, there's like a hundred teams. Yeah, you came first. You came first, first out, out of a hundred teams. teams. Yeah, a hundred plus, I think. I think it only shows the top one hundred. And was that like just in Brisbane? Like a hundred, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, little yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah. Oh on, my god! On that day, and, uh, and by the way, his first like completed the quickest. Yeah, completed the quickest. Yeah. Okay. So, which I don't know. Like we signed up for it. Maybe it's to our own detriment because like it's got all this like lore and backstory and mm. it's just like not nah, skip, 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 <laughs> get to the good stuff. Where the competitive. Clues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah, it was really competitive. But we mm. came first, and then after that, we decided to do an escape room in the city while we were there. Yep. Nice. Fucking beat that record. Fuck. Alex does love an escape room. Yeah, I think. Because usually with escape rooms, they give you like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm. I think this was on the easier side. So it was okay. like 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. got out, you know, I want to stay like 11.33. Jesus Christ. I think whenever I've done an escape room, I I think I've only missed uh, like escaping in time once. And it was me and an ex. So <laughs> it would have been a communication breakdown for sure. For sure. And uh, even when I go with friends, I barely like contribute <laughs> anything. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think on the day we just had like a really... Communica- communicative team mm. if that's a word because <laughs> yes. uh, then we because we got out so quickly we decided to do a second one oh god okay. uh, which they gave us a discount for because they're like well because you beat it so quickly you mm. know here's a discount just do it again and see if you can do it quicker <laughs> no no we did a different one um beat that record too and what was the theme or themes the first one was like a garden like an enchanted garden thing okay and the second one was like you uh, like a detective doing like forensics and you had to find out who a killer was. Nice. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so we got out, beat that record too. And then because we beat both records, they gave us a free cocktail. Wow, that's cool. And what, I mean, what cocktail was it? Uh, well, you had your choice because I had like the house cocktails. Mm. I had, oh, I wish I could remember. Oh, it was, a, it was like a spiced mojito. 
which oh. had Captain Morgan in it. So yeah, nice. That's my, that's my, that's my jam. Hell yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Because Beauty and the Beast is Alex's, would you say, favorite uh, Disney story? I would say, yes. Mm. Yes. She's yeah. very much very cool. We are going to see the musical down in Sydney in November. Oh, in Sydney? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we yeah, bought tickets nice. for that. We just need to uh, find out flights and accommodation. Yeah. I've been to Sydney once and oh, I think I've been through it and the, I, all I remember was the traffic was horrible. <laughs> and then I think I went again. I think I went uh, with someone to see Kendrick Lamar. So we were in there for like two nights or something. Mm-hmm. And we Ubered from the airport to wherever we were staying. And I remember it was like hundred bucks. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was okay. rough. Because we're planning on Ubering. Maybe I'll rethink or something. <laughs> yeah, or just get a closer... Because I think we opted for a hotel that was closer to the venue as opposed to the airport. Because we figured if we get out at like midnight, we didn't want to trek, you know, all the way back Well, that makes it. sense. Well, because we're going for like four, like three nights. I, wait, right now Saturday night. Yeah, three nights. Mm. Uh, and so we want to stay, I guess, in Sydney City. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then cool. hor- horror related, Wednesday we watched Insidious the Red Door. Oh, okay. Is like that a, five, six? It is the fifth one. Fifth? And the Insidious movies obviously have been a real blind spot for me because mm. it's about a haunting and we all know how I feel about like ghosts and haunting movies. You also hadn't seen like the original ones, right? I hadn't seen any except for the fourth one, like The Last Key, okay. which I did not like. I did not appreciate that <laughs> at all. Kind of soured the whole franchise. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then I went back and watched the first one in preparation for like the new movie. Okay. And I mean, it's James Wan, so... Mm. You know, you're expecting kind of some good stuff. It's very experimental. Okay. Like it's, it's his earlier years after Saw, obviously, but before The Conjuring. Yeah, right. Uh, I feel like I should have liked it more than I did. I feel like it would let me down, but oh, it might okay. have just been the hype surrounding it. Is this Red Door or the first one? The first one. Okay. Because yep. I know a lot of people love that movie. Mm. And I was just okay with it. Okay. Didn't watch the second one or the third one before we went to the movies. Yeah. But the new one, would recommend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I won't go too much into it because okay. it literally has just come out yeah but is patrick wilson the director of it was thing? a di- directorial debut yeah, yeah wow and, and he's it, kind of taken over then from it, just being the star yeah and it fucking it did well yeah interesting i mean i suppose by now because he's worked with juan in like the conjuring as well mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. and well that whole franchise yeah. and uh he's probably like learned a lot from him yeah is- yeah well it was very clean like there wasn't too many experimental shots mm. there was this one super cool shot in it where it's like starts, I mean, it's a classic, but like starts inverted and then it like pans ah, nice. like upside down. Yeah. Well, to be right way up. Yeah. And there was a lot of like in the background scares, which we all know I love from mm. like the strangers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they kind of... So there was a couple of those. There's a lot. Of, it's very, uh, very scare heavy. Alex was clutching my arm <laughs> very tightly for the uh, majority yeah. of the movie. I can imagine. I would expect that from Insidious film as well. Like I've only seen... Um, Bits and pieces from I couldn't even tell you like which ones in the franchise, <laughs> but I see like clips of it on YouTube and stuff, and it looks like there's maybe one good scene in each film. Mm. So if they made a film where they kind of just like <laughs> used all those ideas, it would be a really good. Yeah, uh, well, because in the first in the first movie, there's that like super iconic jump scare with the like lipstick faces, what yeah. it's called, demon behind Patrick Wilson. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, it's a very not that scary or jump okay. jump scare heavy movie but okay. this one uh i would say ups the scare factor yeah nice all right i'm gonna have to check it out uh, i will ask this though do i need to watch any of the previous ones uh you need to watch the first two definitely okay and okay. maybe the third i'm not so sure all the right. fourth one is irrelevant i'm not going to invest that much time <laughs> before i see it i might watch the first one okay. before i see it well i yeah because i watched the first one just watch like a 
what you missed, okay. <laughs> like video on YouTube or something. <laughs> a recap. Oh, yeah. I, I could I could go with one and two and then mm. skip to what is it five? Yep, I can do that. Well, yeah, one and two are like definitive. You need to watch. Mm, yeah. Okay. Nice to know. Yes. Well, uh, we should probably let the listeners know what we're discussing today. Well, yes. So go ahead. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about creature features. Yeah. Something uh, that uh, confu- we kind of grew up with. Yeah, confusing topic, however, uh, mm. it is because there's there's different debates between myself and my other self. Yes. Uh, Pe- people that I've like mentioned this to as well, and th- we everyone seems to have like a different idea when you say that term. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think what we're rolling with is specifically like animal attack horrors. Yeah, yeah, where there's either one or a couple of animals that are just pretty much bigger than usual. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, not, I think none of the none of the creatures in the movies we've well we're going to talk about are like mm. normal sized. They're all yeah. bigger. They're, they're always it's it's either yeah, it's in these kind of films it's either one like unnaturally large animal or it'll be like a whole bunch of them attacking mm. people. And uh I think when you say creature feature a lot of people's minds will go to like monsters, mm-hmm. but we specifically didn't want to talk about things like vampires and werewolves, um, aliens, ghosts, things like that, because there are, are like enough good horrors in those subgenres that we might want to tap into in the future on this pod. Yeah, yeah, have a whole have a whole topic about yeah. each of those. Yeah, but I suppose when you're talking about like creatures so things that aren't just animals i mean we're coming off the back of talking about like jaws Mm -hmm. and the ritual where obviously jaws is one of the most uh, iconic examples of a giant killer animal but then you've got the ritual which more leans into that mythological side yep yep, which we're we're also fans of so uh yeah we wanted to kind of like make this one our own but uh we'll also kind of go into a bit of background as to to like where the term came from and yeah what what I guess um, the cinematic universe considers a creature feature as opposed to what we like to call a creature feature. Um, and it's funny because oftentimes it's it's so unbelievable, like a giant killer animal. I mean, look at fucking Sharknado and things like that. Yeah, okay, they're believable, but just uh, it's not unbelievable to think, okay, there's a killer animal. Oh, no. Like no, Jaws. It, well, I mean Jaws because it's a shark that doesn't yeah. really kill people. Yeah, like a lot of the times... Um, it can be inspired by events that actually happen and they just obviously embellish it for the screen. <laughs> yeah. But it's also often comedies like zombie films because of how <laughs> unrealistic it can be. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up that of all the movies I watched in preparation for this and that we're going to talk about, mm. like I, I'd be hard pressed to actually like think of them as horror. I know. We, we mentioned that. They're like, they're go- they can be pretty gory with like severed heads and people mm. being bitten in half. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of like scary, n- uh, not really. Yeah. They're and like I feel action like action comedies. Yeah. They always kind of balance it out with humor because I think it just kind of like, it n- not breaks the, breaks the ice, but it kind of, um, lets the viewer know that it knows what it is. Like, yeah. it's not taking itself too seriously. Yeah, I, except for one of the movies. Okay. I think one of them does take itself seriously, mm. but that's what makes it so good that it's... or makes it so bad that it's good. Yeah, that's actually... What you just said is probably the perfect way to sum these up, is they're so <laughs> bad, they're good. Yes. And uh, I, I would say that, like, some, like, animal attack horrors or, like, creature features are where my sort of passion for this genre began because when I was younger uh, living with my father we used to just like watch movies all the time and he would be into all those B-grade action horrors (laughs) Um, and then things like 
King Kong and Godzilla were always my favorites growing up. Like I went through this massive King Kong phase after the, I think 2005 version came out that had like Jack oh, Black, like Peter Jackson, one. Adrian Brody. Yeah. Peter Jackson. Cause I mean, it's got like dinosaurs and shit. Like it's so badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I find, cause I've seen all the, the King Kongs except for like the Kong Skull Island or the, uh, what is it called? Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. yeah like the yeah, recent yeah. ones, but like the OG one, like, um, the, like, fif- the, the, like the 50s man in a monkey suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with Jeff Bridges, I think it was. And then this one. Like, those ones are cool. And I was kind of thinking about it in the lead up to this episode. I think what makes that kind of story different and timeless and the reason there's been so many iterations of it is because you can empathize with the animal. Whereas a lot of these other ones, the animal is like a villain. And it's like this killing machine that's hunting these characters. Whereas in this one... Um, because a bond is formed between the woman and, and mm. the ape, it it kind of takes a different angle. I mean, they're, they're our, you know, it's what we came from. If you yeah. subscribe to the evolution, theory. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can really empathize yourself with a, with, mm. a, with a monkey ape. But I mean, it's still cool to see him like rip the jaws off T Rex looking <laughs> things and all that kind of stuff. And like the 1998 Godzilla with Matthew Broderick and fucking, I can't <laughs> Hank, remember his name. You better Hank step Azaria. up Mr. French. Yeah. Yeah. Hank Azaria as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just, it's, that's another one where like towards the end, you kind of also almost empathize with it because yeah, it's like, that, it's that killing one, its offspring. And from what I've heard or experienced, there's a lot of people that don't like that movie. Like people mm. who love Godzilla hate that movie because yeah, it's okay. not really Godzilla. Mm. But being the first introduction to Godzilla, I liked it. Yeah, well, I mean, he also doesn't have like the EMP breath or whatever. Like, uh, I think it's a nuclear whatever breath. Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> nuclear breath, yeah. Because yeah. that's technically like a... What is it? Like a radiation affected... Is it an iguana? Or like a Galapagos iguana? Something along those lines, yeah. Yeah. I well, if you want to get into the weeds of it, the original Godzilla was... That was like made in Japan. Yeah. Was like a metaphor for the nuclear bomb. Mm. And like their, how them come to terms with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. And which, which is completely lacked in the in the Matthew Broderick version. Yeah. And I guess apart from the ones that we'll go into a bit more um, in this episode, another one that was like an animal attack film that I always liked growing up is The Ghost in the Darkness. I've not heard of that. Oh, you've not heard of it? No. It's um Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer. I think it was nineteen ninety six. And that was inspired by two events where it was these like two male, like alpha male lions in Africa that were hunting together when this like village was building a railroad and they were picking like all these people off. And um, Michael Douglas plays like this lion hunter, like this poacher and Val Kilmer's like the engineer or whatever that's been invited over to help kind of build it. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, uh, it's not a horror. It, it's okay. more so like a drama or a action, I guess you'd call it. Um but that was just really like interesting and um, one that I enjoyed. And uh, yeah, I suppose that's... Because uh, it's always like... When you think like these animal attack horrors, you think like big carnivorous animals. Yep. Um, but I guess like there's there's they've done them with almost everything. Like there's been insects, <laughs> there's birds, there's deep sea creatures. Like every animal or every, you know, apex predator at least has probably had a film about it. Yes, the apex predator that is a bird. <laughs> <laughs> what they're, they're called raptors like eagles no but things. i mean just like birds like hill hitchcock's oh the birds? like the birds <laughs> yeah. they look like fucking seagulls or yeah, something yeah 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 no that's fair but the term creature features i believe originated from the 60s uh american tv show called uh creature features called creature features yeah um where they would just screen um old like universal studios horrors from like mm-hmm. the 30s through to the 50s 
things like um, like Wolfman and uh, Dracula, yeah, Frankenstein, all that kind of stuff. And I think what is sort of regarded as one of the first known films with a creature um, is the German film The Golem, 1915. I believe that's I largely regarded. Can't say I've ever heard of that. Did you say 1915? 1915. Good so this Lord. is pre-Nosferatu as well. Jesus. Yeah, okay. And um, which was also a, a German silent film. So they they kind of like launched this subgenre, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you've said, Creature from the Black Lagoon in 1954. That's kind of where my mind goes when I try to think of the oldest, like renowned one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not seen that. No. Did, I'd say in terms of like old creature movie, my mind goes to The Blob, but I don't yeah. actually know when that came out. 1958 was the original. Okay. I think they did, was it in the 80s? There version? was a, Yeah, there was a remake in the 80s. Yeah, I've not seen either, but I'd, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to see both because just to <laughs> kind of see like how it's evolved. But <laughs> I don't know, Creature from the Black Lagoon at least would be so comical because of just like a dude in a big suit. <laughs> but the blob, like how... <laughs> I don't know how they did that in the 50s. I don't know what the blob looks like in that film. Yeah. Did, did they have special effects back then? I don't what know. would that even be? Is it just like projections just on a, a wall? Yeah, just a, just a light. My backdrop. <laughs> like they just put a light on the actual projection. Yeah. I'd have to look into that. But, uh, and then I think the f- after that, one of the first ones uh, to have like an actual animal attack, like one of the earliest examples is them from 1954, which were giant killer ants. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Which, yeah, I've, I've heard a little bit about y- that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, ants, that'd be kind of cool because they're like hella strong. So if you had one that was big, it'd be hella dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, would be terrifying. Yeah. Pincers as well. Like <laughs> Depends on the ant, I guess. Goddamn. You can't just hold up like a big, like the Springfield magnifying glass in The Simpsons <laughs> and like <laughs> burn them, set them on fire. Um, there's also one called Bees, I think. Bees? Just Killer Bees. Oh, I know there's a Killer Bees one called The Swarm. Okay. Um, from 1978, and it's considered one of the worst films ever made. Oh, my. Yeah. Gives Jaws the revenge run for its money? Well, I guess because if it's wasps, that's more threatening, but bees bee- die okay, after a single sting. So, I guess if we've got a swarm of them, fair enough, but... yeah. And people are allergic to bees, but like, why not just make it wasps? That'd be way more menacing. Are wasps as big in America? Well, like, like not hornets. not not like size wise, but I mean like popularity oh, right. wise. It's popular. Um, like I don't know if what. I mean, surely wasps feel, live in America. I feel like there'd be you know tens of thousands of species. I got no idea. Yeah, it's like when I learned that over here in Australia, there's like hundreds of species of bees over here. I could not distinguish like one from the other if I saw one. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking animals out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And yeah, so that was like going through the the 50s and the 60s, uh, even late 70s there with the swarm. Uh, And then you get into the 80s where you have more so creatures and monsters as opposed to animals. And this is like getting into that like B-grade comedy horror kind of era. And you've got things like Gremlins in 84, Ghoulies in 85, and Critters in 86. So so it's not not so... Monster-esque But mm. but still not real animals Like cre- like literal creatures Like yeah. little Little things y- Yeah, yeah And um, They're almost like Family films in a way <laughs> Like Yeah I mean Gremlins <laughs> is the greatest Christmas film of all time But yeah, uh, <laughs> But yeah I just thought it was interesting That they were released like In succession of each other And they're all just Small 
things um, that like attack in large groups. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that just must have been like the trend. The trend. Well, back it, then. It, 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 you kind of see it's always cyclical. Something big comes out, mm. and then there's like a whole bunch of imitators. That yeah. Some of them end up being popular. Um, Gremlins 2, the new batch was on like TV oh, yeah. the other night. Yep. <laughs> fucking Did funny. you actually watch it? I watched parts of it, oh. but I, I've seen it enough times. So, like, I love the first one. The second one is funny, but I it's it's not great on rewatching. <laughs> I've, I've seen it too many times. Yes. Um, and then in the nineties, we got like the animal resurgence again because yeah, the 90s, almost all the films we're talking about are from yeah, the nineties. Maybe it's just a product of our young age. Like Could the nineties is where my mind goes to for creature features, mm. and, like in terms of. Like, yeah, my connection to them, like the most I've seen would be from the 90s. And I suppose that's also where like CGI was becoming a thing or it was getting better. Yeah, I that, that's probably a big probably reason mm. for them to come out. Like yeah. all of a sudden, instead of having to rely on a guy in a suit or some <laughs> shitty, you know, like little puppet, animatronic thing, you can actually like digitally put in mm. sometimes a really shit looking animal. Yeah, because even like we mentioned in Jaws where they had to kind of juxtapose this like 26 foot mechanical shark with this live footage of like a 16 foot shark. And while it looked cool, they had to like really uh, pay attention to the scale and everything. Mm-hmm. So it would check out on a big cinema screen. Yep. Whereas like here they could just make the whole thing um, CGI or uh, at least a more convincing kind of mechanical. Yeah, for, for any action shots, they yeah. can introduce CGI so that they don't have to rely on this really stilted looking big mm. heavy puppet. Yeah, and uh, I found, well, at least the ones that we're going to go into, they're often set in or around water. And I guess it could be because a lot of the dangerous, fearful creatures live there. But also, it kind of would make the viewer uncomfortable um, because not everyone's like good at swimming or... Uh, they have a fear breath. of open water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, it's just this inherent isolation that comes with the ocean mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I think it's just a like a deep part of our like subconscious that's always been there since we became humans mm. that like, okay, there's usually something dangerous in the water. Yeah. Like if you're on the land, you can usually see all around you. Mm. But if you're next to a murky creek, like you can only see maybe a fucking meter if that. Yeah. So I suppose we'll uh, kick things off by flipping that on its head <laughs> and talking about a creature feature on land. Arachnophobia. 1990. Mm-hmm. I had not seen this till you mentioned it for this pod, and man, it was so fun to uh, watch. I loved it. Maybe for you, this is <laughs> in terms of creature feature. This is the first one I ever saw. in In terms of fucking horror movies, because mm. I would have seen this around the same time I saw Jaws and uh, and Scream. Oh, interesting. So like, what a, what a fucking year that was. Do you think this is where your fear of spiders came from? Honestly, it might be. So Because I'm horribly afraid of spiders. I've had a lot of bad experiences with spiders. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what came first. Like bad experiences with spiders that mm. made me afraid. Or I just had... I've been afraid of spiders. And then these just stick out of my mind. Yeah. Like, fuck. There was a time... I've got too many experiences. There was a time where I was like leaning down to like yell down a pipe that my brother was at the end of. Yeah. I leaned down and came back up and there's a huntsman on my shoulder. Oh, did uh, you have an instance in the bathroom? Uh, was there one on a towel or something you, no, you no, grabbed no, no, after no, a shower? No, 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 no. Oh, it might have been someone else. That's I know. a dream you had. <laughs> no, but there was one that I've woke up because I, when I was younger, I used to sleep in my bed in a corner mm. to keep the monsters away, of course. Um, and I woke up 
and next to me on the wall was a fucking huntsman the size uh, of like my palm. Oh, and God. like, who the fuck needs coffee to wake you up? Yeah. That'll jolt you out of bed. The worst thing is when you go to grab like a bundle of newspaper or a shoe and you come back and it's gone. It's like, <laughs> where are you, you little fucker? <laughs> yep. And you're just not sleeping in that room. See, I think my fear of spiders, I'm not as bad as you, but I definitely don't like them. I think came from my dad because like growing up watching him be scared, I like <laughs> learned to be afraid of them, even if they're like the harmless ones. Well, my, my, my dad's afraid of spiders too so maybe that's where mine came from as well yeah it's just paternal yeah but uh yeah so the, like the movie arachnophobia i probably only saw the opening sequence of it because mm. my my um older brother and sister were watching it and i watched that fucking got scared ran out of that room is that the like when they're in venezuela in, when they're in the jungle yeah they, like, and smoke like, out the tree and yeah yeah, yeah yeah and that was a horrifying terrifying sequence of the movie right and then you go back and watch it now and it's like it's not that bad and then the rest of the movie is a fucking comedy yeah yeah like, it's like it's um to me or the thought of these movies was always way scarier than the movies themselves yeah well i feel like a lot of people are afraid of spiders and possibly irrationally but i think just having a film because they're not even like big scary spiders like they're venomous but they're just normal sized Mm-hmm. And like even that end scene where there's like hundreds in the house, they just look like your average kind of huntsman's. It's just that you know one bite and you die in a matter of seconds. I regret to say I have not watched this movie in a long time, so mm. I'm, my memory is very faulty, and I get it confused with Eight Legged Freaks with um, <laughs> David Arquette. Because in that movie, there they are like launch at you, don't you? In in that yeah, there are giant spiders. Oh, they are giant. Okay, is there not a giant spider in this? Oh well, like the general at the, the end with fight, Jeff Daniels is fighting it. The, did you say the general? Yeah, it's called. Is the that general. what it's called? Yeah, it's called the, the Queen and the General. <laughs> okay, um, I thought that was just like you, your name for it. <laughs> well, that bad boy, that general. Um, I mean, it's big, but it's just like the size of a large tarantula. It's not like anything unnatural. I didn't think. <laughs> right. Cause, well, because like the premise of this one is, it's like this exotic spider, this deadly spider from Venezuela makes its way back to is it California, like a rural I believe town so, in California, yeah. in like the coffin of a guy that died there. And it mates with a house spider, and then it has all this offspring, which would create like a deadly strain of mm-hmm. of this spider. Um, Despite the fact that I think both of the spiders used are non venomous, <laughs> like they in the terms of filming, I think they use for the big one, Big Bob, they called it, Big Bob, uh, Big Bob. Uh, after Robert Zemeckis, I think. Oh, okay. Um, they used a Goliath bird-eating spider tarantula. Mm. Uh, those things are fucking massive. Yeah. Like, you, you can hear them walking. Yeah, I was going to say, there's, you can hear them walking in the forest. That's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and then for the, I think for the smaller spiders, where there's like hundreds of them, they used, I can't remember what it's called, but it's some subspecies of huntsman from New Zealand. Ah, oh, okay. But Pres- both, presume not harmful. Yeah, both non-venomous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, to humans, anyway. <laughs> mm. And uh, I suppose we should go through the credits as well. So this was uh, directed by Frank Marshall, who I... Don't know anything else. He doesn't sound familiar. The man has done. Uh, written by Don Jacoby and Al Williams, starring, of course, Jeff Daniels, Julian Sands, R.I.P., and John Goodman. John, my man. He was funny. He was like this kind of bumbling exterminator. Like he, I felt like he didn't have enough screen time in this film because every line he had made me laugh. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen John Goodman in a movie I didn't... Well, maybe they didn't like the movie, but in, in his character I've mm. always liked. So... Yeah, just stick him in any movie and it's going to be good, surely. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Jeff Daniels was very witty. Um, lots of, like, quippy dialogue in this film mm. where he's talking about, like, um, getting that one patient and she's fit as a fiddle. And he's like, oh, if only her seven sisters could be ravaged by disease. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and this is, good this, is, this is, like, post Dumber and Dumber, right? 
Uh, I don't know. I okay. can't remember when that came out. Well, honest. I guess this isn't a comedy podcast. It's a horror podcast. Well, yeah. And it was made on a budget of $22 million and made $53.2 million at the box office. So, moderately successful. Did, did well enough. Doubled its money. Yeah, but this is like... Like you said, not really horror. It's kind of just... It's funny but gross. And because yes. we are scared of spiders as it is, it's kind of innately horror for us. But I suppose by... Wikipedia definition <laughs> It does elicit fear and disgust it, in us Oh yeah, very much There's, Is this the oh, My memory is confusing again Is there a scene in this one Where the chick's in the shower Oh And fuck. the huntsman runs down her Yes like, It head. jumps at her face Yeah, that oh. Okay So yeah, this is this is yeah. The scariest movie I've ever seen In terms of that I think of that <laughs> same scene Another one like crawls in the toilet bowl Just as the guy goes yeah. to take a shit Nothing became of that one <laughs> It was just the spider in the shower They flushed down the sink Yeah uh, Down the drain But Oh god, yeah, that that made my skin crawl. Also, when like um, the couple are eating popcorn mm-hmm. and it's in the bowl, they eat it, and then they like find the couple later, and it just like crawls out of the nose. <laughs> oh, it's just gross. And something I really liked in the way this was done was the POV of the spider when it's like coming out of the dog <laughs> flap and then gets picked up by the bird. Yeah, uh, that was kind of cool. But also the extreme close up of the eyes at the end, the spider's eyes, and you can see like the flames. Uh, it, it was yeah, it was kind of cheesy, but I liked it. Very cheesy, very campy, and something I, like I'm gonna give this movie credit for is like I'm pretty sure no spiders were harmed in the making. As much as mm. I hate spiders, you know, I, I kill them on a daily basis. Well, not a daily basis. <laughs> you used to be your last I, job. I used to be a pest control man. Um, That's the perfect job for you to, like, conquer your fears. No, it's not the perfect job because do you know how many fucking incidents I had with huntsmans? Yeah, but shit by shit you were conquering your fears. I mean, I vividly remember, I think it was on a schoolish trip when we were camping. A huntsman, like, <laughs> ran over your foot. You picked up the, like, 10 litre water dispenser and just bashed it. <laughs> There was like pulverized legs on the bottom of this container. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to kill it. Got to kill it. Um, yeah, but in this movie, you know, they didn't kill any of the spiders. No, like, that's good. Which that is, ethical. Yeah, which is very interesting. And like, like the way they had to get around that. Like, I mm. think there's a scene where John Goodman goes to stomp a spider. Yeah. And the way they did it was like they hollowed out his shoe. And so he just ah. like stomped over the top of it. It was safe inside the like hollowed out cavity. Interesting. Um, I suppose we'll move on to some, some actual scary films. In, what do you uh, reckon? Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, well, I suppose... Yeah, no, this one, for me, this was scary. So the next one I want to talk about is Anaconda, 1997, the year we were born. Um, obviously, there's like heaps of snake horrors or at least snake films, like most notably Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, Th- this um, is the big one. Though. This is mm. like... because. Surely this is like the first I would snake say so. that I know of. It also sparked a, a saga. I think there were like uh, three sequels. Hella saga, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the first one I think is the only one worth watching. But uh, Three is interesting. The Hunt I, of the Blood Orchid. I think I've seen three of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, this film is also the reason I stopped doing swimming lessons. So oh, wow. Okay. Thank you, I my father, if you're listening. <laughs> didn't know you did swimming lessons in the Amazon jungle. No, it was, you know, like in swimming pools, the big, long, solid... Black line oh, at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be like doing freestyle, looking down, <laughs> picturing a fucking snake underneath oh, me, like God. little eight-year-old me. Uh, well, so. I I rewatched this last Monday, and Alex refuses refuses yeah. to be in the same room. She's seen it before, though, right? I think she's seen it okay. bits and pieces because she wasn't always afraid of snakes. Mm. She used to like find them really fascinating. She still does, but she's terrified. Well, this one has real snakes in it. Like it does. Like the, when they fall the, on the boat. The, the after scene, the yeah, where they yeah they blow up the wall and it's raining snakes. That's mm. great. That was cool. But, uh, and then again, yeah, it's it's a giant, like one giant creature is the main thing. Mm. I also like the unpretentious title. 
just Anaconda. <laughs> What's this about? Oh, you know, Anaconda. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, like, and like this is the one I was talking about where it it takes itself seriously. It's not trying yeah. to be a shit B grade movie. Yeah, for but sure. But that's what makes it a shit B grade movie. Oh, dude, I know it's it's bad dialogue. Uh, the acting's not great because it's like a hella nineties cast, like. Oh. Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, Owen Wilson, for God's sake, and <laughs> wow. John Voight, who I think is amazing in this. Like, he probably overacted because he knew how bad oh, the writing he was. He was chewing the scenery. Yeah, he was so convincing, though. All, all week, I don't know, his, his accent wasn't convincing. All week, I've just been walking around <laughs> saying, I know what I know, you can take it under Jenny. Drop me into the next village. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just, like, how quickly he could change from being, like, stoic and reserved to just this, like aggressive controlling character mm. was was really nice Meanwhile, and um, we, immediately after we watched this we watched national treasure so yeah which has <laughs> also got john voigt but it's interesting to see the contrast of his mm. character there yeah for sure uh directed by lewis losa i'm gonna say you pronounce his last name yep written by hans bauer jim cash and jack epps jr Damn, three people. Yeah. I haven't heard of any of those four, <laughs> but um, I mean, this worked out for him. It uh, had a budget of $45 million and made $136.8 million at the so box office. very, very popular. Yeah. People were keen for this. I don't know if it was because of the cast or because like you said, it was the first kind of like notable snake horror. Yeah. Well, I think the cast is a big part of it because I mean, J-Lo, this was her transition into acting, so she's mm. already a popular singer. Her and Cube would have been popular same at the with time. Like, same with fucking yeah, Ice Cube. Jonathan Hyde, I think that's his name. This was pre-Titanic. Yeah, is this the like narrator guy? Yeah, like the, the, like the fucking British pompous guy? English guy, yeah. yeah. Eric Stoltz, I think he was a bit of an actor. He wasn't in established. A, much because he was spent most of it like yeah, unconscious. Yeah, he, he literally gets paid to just sleep the whole movie. Yeah, but I did kind of like the di- dynamic between... Um, John Voight's character and him because it reminded me of Quentin Hooper in Jaws where you've got like this guy that's coming oh, yeah. from experience who's kind of rough around the edges and then this like educated man who who can kind of like have a laugh. That was kind of cool. And even then, like there were so many parallels I found to Jaws. Um, like particularly when you first see the snake rear out of the water when they're like using the bait on the line like Jaws. <laughs> yeah. And he's like slowly reeling it in. And then it has like the dolly zoom on J-Lo's face. <laughs> I was like, this scene is fucking <laughs> ripped straight from Jaws. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, I mean, it worked. I guess they also take a, a bit from Jaws that I like that it's kind of flips the script on instead of this group of people being hunted by a big creature. It's mm. like these people are hunting the big creature. Yeah, that's true. They kind of got what was coming to him in the end, really. Oh, yeah, mostly. And but like arachnophobia, they were just getting haunted by spiders. Mm. A lot of the other movies, it's just people getting haunted or getting harassed by these spiders, whereas this takes... All right, no, John Voight is uh, yeah. hunting the damn thing and has taken people hostage to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the story had potential. It was just an interesting choice of cast. Um and like those fucking comical punch sound effects was rough. Oh, that was great. I did like the I did like the way it was shot. Like it had the the candid framing whenever it was like a POV of the snake. Mm-hmm. Um, Slow mo, which was worked really well. And um, I loved that shot near the end where it swallows John Voight's character, mm-hmm. and you, it's like from inside from the inside throat. of it. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that shot in Nope when like the people are oh, yeah. getting sucked yeah. up inside. Yeah. yeah, but even like. Danny Trio the at the start, like climbs the mast and shoots mm-hmm. himself. I did not recognize that to begin with. Oh really? Danny Trejo. Yeah, I think it's just because he was young, or yeah, he did look pretty know, young. But he does a good job. One thing I will say is another criticism. Uh, as much as I love this film, even though it scarred me as a kid, <laughs> like like most horror films, we grow to love. Yep. 
um, was I felt like you see the snake too soon. I feel like they needed another bluff scare before the boar because you see the snake kind of like coiled up and hissing when the panther is stalking around and it constricts and the eyeball pops out, yep. which was sick. But when like you see the panther get killed, if maybe it didn't show any part of a snake, it could be like that relief that, oh, it's just a wild boar. Yeah, okay. Because I was like, oh, wow, we're in like the first 15 minutes of the film and they've already shown a full body shot of the snake. I just yeah. thought that was odd. But then they don't show it again for a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, because I think when it rears out of the water when it's on the hook, that was, I think, the first proper scene. Mm. And, uh, well, this is the first one of these movies, I guess, we're talking about that has, like, it uses the CGI. Mm. Because, obviously, being from 97, the yeah. CGI is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> there are some shots in there that just look kind of awful. What about the scene when uh, it eats Owen Wilson's character? It, like, turns around in the water <laughs> and you see the imprint in the belly. There's like hollowed out eyes and mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remembered look, that I'm, a I'm lot fine. better. I'm fine with eating Owen Wilson. Yeah. Look, that was fine. Um, how cool was it though when like the narrator, what did you say his name was? The, the I actor? think it's Jonathan Hyde. Yeah. He like jumps in the waterfall and he like catches him midair mm. and, and eats him. That was kind of cool. Oh yeah. Like it reaches down and like coils itself back yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was sick. And also it was kind of gross at the end when J-Lo and Cuba tied up. And John Voight's character like dumps the bucket of monkey, monkey blood, blood on him. Yeah. I wonder if that was real. Well, I don't think it was real monkey blood. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. No, what the hell? It might have been at least pig's blood. I reckon. No, they, I reckon it not. was actual blood. I no, sure. It looked not. very real. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe it was just cornstarch and food dye. Who knows? <laughs> I'd like to think it was. Yeah. And of course, when he gets like regurgitated after the scene is swallowed and he, his he melted body like winks at her. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. But yeah, it, yeah, because kind of cool, but kind of bad. Definitely can't be. I mean, it's funny though, because when I first saw this when I was younger, I thought Anaconda was like made for this movie. I didn't realize it was a real snake. Oh, I thought, okay. I thought obviously snakes are real. Mm. But then because of the movie and because it's so huge in the movie, I thought it was a made up snake. Right. So my whole, not my whole life, but a, a good chunk of my life, mm. I didn't realize that there were actually anacondas in real, like the Just actual big forest. fuck off snakes in South America. Yeah. And, but obviously they don't get as big as they do in this movie. Yeah. And yeah. every time I see a giant snake, I'm disappointed. And I think it's because <laughs> of the head. Like, okay. it doesn't matter how big the snake is. They always have this tiny little head. Mm. And I think it's because Anaconda, where it has a giant head. It's like really broad. Yeah. yeah. Like, if it had a broad head, I'd mm. be a lot more scared of it. Well, even when you see like... Despite the fact that it could swallow me whole. Yeah, yeah. And when you see photos or videos of them swallowing prey and it just dislocates its jaw <laughs> to like fit a fucking capybara in its mouth or whatever. It's... Oh, Capybara? Capybara, is that what they're called? That's how I pronounce it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, gnarly. Um, I suppose we should move on. Let's move on. What's next? Uh, another one that, that we both enjoyed much uh, growing up and I re-watched for this and I think I enjoyed it more. Like, I forgot how good it was. It was okay. Deep Blue Sea, 1999. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another my, one. My, my favorite shark movie, I think. Yeah, okay. It's 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 probably my second after Jaws. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it's it's... Definitely, um, it's hard now to make like a shark film because of Jaws, but because mm. I mean, there's been like the shallows, 47 meters down, cage dive, all that kind of stuff. Yep. But this one was actually like a really unique premise. And I think that's mm. what sort of is a saving grace for some of the visual effects in it that aren't like great, but they're also different sharks. They're Mako sharks. So... They're not um, like big, gnarly, great whites in the in the ocean. Yeah. They're kind of these fast, slim ones inside an 
underwater facility. So that it just so happened to have been like beefed up and made bigger because of like genetic tampering or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because it's it's like this research facility where they're experimenting on sharks to find a cure for Alzheimer's, right? Mm-hmm. Or just brain disease uh, specifically alzheimer's i believe yeah so it's it's uh at least got more of a story as opposed to just people getting hunted by a big animal yeah it it's it's it, to me it's it's again less of a i've said it, it's five times holy shit um <laughs> it is less of a horror movie it's very sci-fi very adventure very disaster because you've got this like scientific lab on the ocean, so that's like very sci-fi to me, even mm. though it probably exists. Mm. That then, like, shit goes wrong, and then they have to like climb their way up it in like like Poseidon or Titanic yeah. type, yeah, you know, type movie. Well, I've read that the sets were actually constructed above water tanks that they used for the shooting of James Cameron's Titanic. Oh, okay, so they didn't have to spend too much in that <laughs> department, which is good. Uh, and also. The one of the scenes where they're kind of climbing up that cylinder and the, yep. the like fire escape ladder or whatever, and the water's flooding in. Um, there's a part where all the water that's slowly rising from the bottom is coming up, but then like something breaks halfway up and this new jet starts spewing out. Mm-hmm. That was accidental, okay, but they just kept rolling because it worked for the Hell shot, yeah. So that would have been terrifying, but um, I mean, it got them climbing faster, yeah. So, who directed that movie? Uh, this was directed by Rennie Harlan, who did Nightmare 4. Dream Master. Oh my, okay. Kind of cool. I like that. Uh, written by Duncan Kennedy, who is Australian, and uh, Donna and Wayne Powers. So another one with three writers. Mm. I presume they were just credited because it went through different phases. I think the concept was Duncan's. Yeah, usually usually they go through like multiple drafts. Yeah. Script. And starring Saffron Burrows, uh, Thomas Jane, Samuel Jackson, and yeah. LL Cool J. Yeah. So another Mo- cool cast. Mostly kind of unknown. Like, I, I don't know who... The chick is. I've not seen her anything else. Yeah. The same with the main guy. I've maybe seen him in one of the Thomas Jane. Yeah, yeah, well, he was in like The Mist and 1922 and yeah, okay. a lot of Stephen King things. But then, like, to me, LL Cool J is my favorite character. Yeah, that, just because. For sure. I think I just love the comic relief usually when it's not mm. done too wacky. And he's a very serious character, but he's still the comic relief. Yeah, and it wasn't like cheesy lines either. Yeah. Like, they didn't give him, they didn't make him stupid, which yeah. I like. Like, the, the funny guy is one of the survivors. Yeah, which. I which liked. I mean, I'll talk about it now. Uh, I believe originally he was meant to die and the... What did you say the chick's name was? Uh, Saffron Burroughs, who in the movie I think is Susan. Okay, well, her character was meant to pretty much save the day. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then test audiences did not like that because she they found her too unlikable and right. they just didn't like her being the one to save the day. Like the evil genius. Yeah. It's kind of like the one that's... To just well, just just Heroic. like an asshole, pretty much. Yeah, uh, they just didn't like her, and so they like the studio or whoever made it, mm. pretty much rewrote the ending to have her die and get eaten by sharks. Yeah, and have LL Cool J be the one to like connect the fucking battery and yeah. block the shark. See, I forgot because he's, he's much more likable, and I forgot how sudden her death was. She was like, "Oh, it needs a distraction." Cuts a hand, jumps in the water, eaten in half, and yeah. I was like, "Fuck me!" Like, and, well, I, that's why because originally they weren't meant to, and then. Yeah. Like, oh, people don't like this character? Well, we'll just quickly kill her. I mean, she to got... To make, make people happy. Yeah. She got likable towards the end, I guess, probably because of the bond that, like, her and the main guy were forming. But she definitely was, like, that typical character that cares too much about the research and would yeah. sacrifice, like, like the, the other people yeah. for it. People are expendable. The research isn't. Yeah. So, I, I definitely get that. And this must be one of the few films where Samuel L. Jackson does not make it. <laughs> 
I mean, he gets like eaten mid-sentence. Yeah, <laughs> which that, is that's, that's me off guard the first time. Got to be the most iconic scene from this movie. I was just trying to think of other movies he died in. That was my pause. Yeah, uh, all I can think of was Star Wars three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's definitely a changing changing point of the movie because he's built up to be this like surviving character. Like mm. in in universe, he'd survived this. What is it like avalanche or something? Yeah. So he's set up to be this like survivor character that you know, against all odds will bring people together and mm. get them out. And then during that speech, he's like, well, no, we, we turned on each other. We're awful. Yeah. You know, th- we can't let the, we, we can't let that happen here. Mm. And then yeah, mid sentence gets eaten. And then that's just <laughs> a changing point of the movie. You're like, Oh, it's, uh, it's grim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, even like the first attack, it just fucking bites the dude's arm off with a lit cigarette in his fingers. <laughs> um, when they've like got it tranquilized. And she's like doing the injection in the brain. So Samuel Jackson's character, Stellan Skarsgård. There we go. Sorry, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, yeah. That's I was it. trying to remember his name. Yeah, and um, I love after that where, because like they're trying to airlift him out, and there's like this raging storm outside, yeah. and they fucking drop him because like the helicopter <laughs> explodes, and then you see the shark like within its mouth. Yeah, I like how like I like how drawn out that is because at first it's so far away, like the characters say, "What is that?" and you can't actually see what it is. Yeah, they're just looking at this giant glass window yeah and i like i like the touch too where because he's got this oxygen mask on he's he can breathe like essentially oh, underwater yeah. so he's alive throughout the whole process yeah just getting hurled into this glass window definitely much better than uh jaws 3d oh yes <laughs> i watched that after you told me to how <laughs> oh, fucking bad oh it's i know i didn't have 3d glasses on but christ <sighs> And um, again, more homages to Jaws where at the start there's that tiger shark um, and he pulls out the Louisiana license plate yep. out of its mouth. I didn't realize watching it, but I read that apparently it was like the same numbers and letters on it as well. Okay. It wasn't so just like Louisiana. specifically a homage to Jaws. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, but all the like underwater POV and water level shots um, are really good to like create tension and put you in their perspective. Um, but also like the fact that there are moments they have to hold their breath to kind of swim under through the next rooms and mm-hmm. stuff also builds tension because if you're like holding your breath underwater and this shark appears or this dead person floats up next to you, if you scream like you're out of oxygen. Yeah. So well, that was why, that was good. That's why I think this is like a disaster movie because yeah, the sharks are the main sort of antagonists and they're are definitely a big threat throughout the movie. Mm. But if you ignore them, you've still got these people who are trapped in this sinking facility yeah yeah whereas you know all the other creature features it's just Mm. if they just leave they'll be fine they'll be all good yeah so like part of the tension not only comes from killer sharks but also like it's time critical because yeah they've got to get out before this thing explodes and another homage so obviously there's a lot of nods to jaws which i feel like any shark film kind of has to yeah um but it also reminded me of aliens uh when newt is in the water yeah there's a moment where susan the science uh the scientist Susan is like wading through the water, like mm-hmm. waist level, and then the fin appears behind her. I was like, oh, that's cool. Kind of reminds me of that. Uh, and also, when Preach is hiding in the flooded kitchen, it reminded mm-hmm. me of the kids in Jurassic Park. Yeah, for hiding sure. Hiding from the Velociraptors. Yeah. So like, I noticed all these things. And I was like, oh, it's cool that like it alludes to all these famous scenes in other iconic films, but it doesn't like straight rip them. Yeah, maybe that's just why it's like stood the test of time in our minds anyway. I don't know mm. how, what the popular opinion on this movie is. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad or maybe we're just 
because we liked it so much as children, we've it's it stayed in our minds. Because there's three sharks, right? Three three genetically I, I engineered so, makos. Yeah. yeah. And one, so like, there's the main one at the end where it's like the the battery explosion. Yeah, yeah, attached to the dart. Um, she fries one of them with yeah, electricity. Yeah, like the, the jaws two kill, and then LL Cool J blows one up. Oh yeah, in the in the, in the kitchen. That's right. Yeah. That song that he has at the end, fucking deepest, bluest <laughs> shark spin in the credits is so cringe. I yeah. was listening to the lyrics as the credits were rolling and I was like, this is so bad, but <laughs> so cool at the same time. But yeah, uh, Deep Blue Sea, again, like another one I loved growing up, but rewatching it before this, I think I just appreciate it so much more because it, <laughs> like a lot of these ones, they're immortalized in your mind because you remember it and it, it leaves an impact, but then... This was one of the ones I went back and watched. And I was like, oh, it's actually good. Yeah, it's not one that you've kind of been looking at it through rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. I've stayed away from certain things because I'm afraid it'll be like that. Yeah. Like certain things I absolutely love when I was a kid. Mm. I'm like, oh, I just, I want to go back and either if it's a game, play it or if it's a movie, watch it. Mm-hmm. But part of me knows that it won't be as good. So I just, I leave it. it. I just leave it intact in my mind. Core memory locked. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I suppose uh, the last big one that we wanted to go into was Lake Placid, Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. 1999 film. And this was one of my favorites um, when I was younger. Uh, And this one is like even more comic relief than Deep Blue Sea and Anaconda. Yeah, this one I'd say is the most comic of the lot, Mm. surely. But it probably also has the most gore. It's a good good balance. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably agree with that, yeah. Really good cast too. And I mean, directed by Steve Miner, who did uh, Friday, Friday 13th, 13th, 2 and 3. 2 and 3, uh, yeah. Halloween H2O. H2O, yeah. So it was in capable hands. Yeah. Um, well, capable. Yeah. <laughs> written by David E. Kelly uh, with creature effects by Stan Winston. I did read that. That's... Which is sick. Who obviously did um, Alien. Bloody Alien, Predator, Terminator. Pretty much any like iconic monster or yeah. effect thing he's probably done it or his school that he created has done yeah. it like yeah. they made the fucking Iron Man suit in the first Iron Man movie true yeah so very very big um, effort sort of went into this one starring Bill Pullman uh, Brendan Gleeson who I love yep. uh, Bridget Fonda Oliver Platt and of course Betty White yeah <laughs> uh, uh, she's so great yeah there's not too many like likable characters in this mm. Betty White is like yeah. in anything she's was in R.I.P. It's funny. It's, it's funny that she's the most likable character, even though every line is an insult. That's just Betty White, baby. Yeah. <laughs> they call them cocksuckers you, and shit. Cocksuckers. <laughs> if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just. Oh, let's just talk about Betty White. Oh man. Um, but then yeah, all Bless of the all heart. the core characters, they're not really likable. Like mm. all the all the guys are like sexist towards. Bridget they're Fonda's all flawed. Character. All yeah. There's this like ongoing city versus country hick town yeah shit that goes on which is like which also happened in like arachnophobia yeah it's very like surface level tension oh (laughs) yeah for sure oh well you probably sleep with your sister because your friend main you know (laughs) and um this was made on a budget of 35 million dollars and made 56.8 million dollars at the box office so not didn't do as good a job as the others not a huge success but kind of became a cult classic um, like yeah. I've, I've told people this is one of the ones that I wanted to, to talk about in this and they're like oh man I love that movie <laughs> uh, again it's probably just nostalgic yeah I think it's very divisive yeah it, it's probably the most well probably definitely the most um, iconic big crocodile movie mm. in my mind Rogue fills that but yeah. that might just because that was a 
Like I watched that when I was a child where I didn't watch Lake Placid till later. One of my biggest qualms with that is that the American survives. <laughs> but like the American tourist. Well, the Americans survive in this movie too. Yeah. Uh, but what was... Um, there was another one, an Australian one, Blackwater, I think. I think I've seen bits of it. And then you've got like Crawl, which was like alligators in a flood. Yeah, but that mm. one was all right. Kaya, okay. Kaya, I haven't Kaya seen Kaya She's mm. nice. I like her. But yeah, so... Uh, but I mean, like, yeah. Crocodiles and sharks, like some of the oldest carnivorous animals or apex predators on the planet. So Literal of course, dinosaurs. Yeah, of course there's going to be like action horrors made <laughs> about them. Um, and this was an interesting plot too because it was like this group of people from all these different backgrounds. Like there was a paleontologist, a mythology professor, and then local law enforcement mm-hmm. all coming together um, in Maine, right? Mm-hmm. Which is Northeast America. So I don't think there's even alligators there. Stephen King loves Maine. Yeah. But then you've got this giant crocodile in this lake. Yeah, lake, not Lake Placid. No, they, I, they say in the I movie it's that. not Lake Placid. So why yeah. the fuck's the movie called Lake Placid? I know they, it's called Black Lake, isn't it? Yeah. And do they even mention Lake Placid at all? They yeah. There's one line in the movie when Brandon Gleeson is talking to Bridget Fonda, and he's like, okay. "Yeah, they wanted to call it Lake Placid, but that was already taken." Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it was just like some of the witty dialogue, like when he finds the severed toe. He's like, is this the man who was killed? He, he seemed, seemed much taller. taller. <laughs> that was great. It, like I said, it was, it's it's funny, but it was also scary. Like that opening scene was kind of terrifying. Um, just the underwater shots again and the intense music. But then when he pulls up the fucking torso into the boat and the bottom's all like that, ragged that, and bloody. That's a good reveal. I like that where it's like, yeah, he's half, he pulls up his, well, not friend, but he pulls up the other guy and then it's yeah. just his upper body. Because he's still like flailing about yeah. and alive and conscious. But then Brendan Gleeson's reaction to that is so funny. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. I know, like, He's yeah. so blasé about it. He wasn't horrified. Yeah. The other too, thing, many, too many Twinkies. <laughs> the other thing I found odd was when everyone thinks it's a bear. But it was attacked in the middle of a lake. Yeah, like, I don't... Do bears swim and hold their breath underwater and attack no, it? I'm, maybe they thought it ate it on land and then it went to the water. I don't know. I think that's just them trying to create a sense of... Like, almost every horror movie has to have, like, the, oh, people don't believe it to begin with. Mm. So that's just their way of doing it. And a bear does come up later. That they yeah, that's by true. The croc. Gets mauled. And I thought that was actually pretty decent CGI for 99. It was all right. There's a funny, funny line, though. Not to do with the bear, mm. where Brendan Gleeson's character is like, when they when they're trying to say it's a croc, but he doesn't. He's the one who thinks it's a bear, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, how could it be here? Like, how could it get here? Like, crocodiles don't swim in salt water." Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was just trying to show his like <laughs> ignorance. Okay, because he's just like a local. I thought sheriff. they would. I thought that was the movie trying to say that as fact because crocodiles definitely swim in salt water. Salt water crocodiles, crocodiles are crocodiles. one of the two types of crocodiles. <laughs> well, there's three if you consider like what caimans. Cayman. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I I love uh, the scene where I think it's like one of his deputies is like reeling up the anchor and then just fucking gets decapitated by this crocodile lunging out of the water. Yeah, I was not expecting a, a drive-by decapitation by a crocodile. Yeah, that was it it's, was gangster. It's, it's definitely an inventive in that way, but it there's only what two people that die in this movie. Uh, or th- so there's the first guy. Yeah, two. And then the deputy there. Yeah, I and think you're right. This is yeah. this is not a very kill heavy movie because the toe came from like the deputy or or um, the, the oh no the toe came from the first the, guy the toe came from the first guy like yeah. the head maybe came from and the then deputy. the head came yeah you're right I think two people die and then just their body parts appear <laughs> later yeah. later in the film yeah so it's not a very not a very kill heavy movie it's not that yeah. scary in that regard yeah it's really more of a comedy mm. I mean I find crocodiles scarier than sharks. 
Well, that's probably because we live in Australia. Well, also, like you said in the Jaws episode, is if sharks attack humans, it's generally investigation. Crocodiles will just eat you because they're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Crocodiles only need to eat like once every two years or something. Yeah. Because they just hibernate. There's probably also something in the fact that sharks need to be in the water so it's you're safe unless you go into water mm. whereas crocodiles you can even be just on the edge that's and true. they can come out and get you yeah i guess that's another so it's, thing it's, it's a more present danger mm. and that's another thing i wanted like they don't need to eat very often at all yet betty y just feeds the cattle yeah <laughs> so it no wonder it was so fucking big because well, do, do they say what species in the film? Uh, Asian something crocodile. Yeah, it wasn't like, a, like your average yeah, saltwater. They said anything. it was some sort of Asian crocodile. But then she said she's been feeding it for six years. But then I think um, Oliver Platt's character says it's like 150 years old. Yeah. So it probably got that big before Betty yeah, White was true. feeding it. True. Because it still had to go all the way from Asia, like through the fucking ocean, mm. all the way to Maine. And Because there's actually two, isn't there? Because at the end, yeah. they've like tranked it. And then a second smaller one like comes out and attacks slightly smaller Hector. Yeah, that's kind of just their way of like I guess because they build up this gun that Brendan Gleeson has the whole movie. Mm. And if they're not going to use it, they're like, oh, yeah. Well, true. let's introduce a second crocodile just to give yeah. the people what they want and exploiting crocodile. I guess that as well as like the the one final scare mm, yeah. trope as well. Yeah. But I do love at the end, um, just for the credits, when the like babies come up to the jetty and she's feeding them. Betty White's like, what she's there, like nibble on my toes. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's great in this. But yeah, what a way to capture a crocodile. Just crash a helicopter and have it fucking jam its jaws between the fucking cabin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's another film where like you end up empathizing in a way with a crocodile. Yeah, actually, that reminds me. I wanted to bring up like all the other movies. It's just kind of a killer monster that's mm. attacking these people. Uh, but this movie is like, it, it really poses the question of like, is it all right to kill this crocodile just because it killed one or two people? Mm. Like it's not doing anything wrong. It's just a crocodile living its life in a lake. Yeah. Like, and they're ready to kill it. And the second guy died knowing there was a big crocodile in there. Yeah. And even, even Betty White's character says like, nobody lives next to the lake. She's the only one that lives there. People probably don't really go swimming in the lake. So Mm. it's... It's just a harm, well, not harmless, but it's it's just an innocent uh, like <laughs> a crocodile, forty animal. foot crocodile. <laughs> yeah, like that doesn't give people the right to just go out and shoot it. Yeah, yeah. So it raised some like definite uh, ethical questions. Yeah, with the social commentary contrasted to like Jaws, where mm. there's a big shark. Immediately, every single person's like, "Kill it, kill it now." Yeah. Well, that was also because like monetary gain, I guess. Like there was yeah. the reward, the bounty on it. But yeah, yeah, I definitely liked that in this film, and even like the end scene where they just show it like on the big truck as the credits yeah. roll. Like, God, it was like a feel good ending in a way to this like comedy horror film. Yeah. Like, but- hey, the wow. <laughs> what the what the uh the crocodile survived cool yeah and then they made what five sequels oh god one of which was lake placid versus anaconda dude with robert england <laughs> what the hell i kind of want to watch that uh <sighs> 2015 so it'd be all cgi but man what a trip yeah that must be so fucking bad i think i looked at the rotten tomatoes rating and it was like in the teens but pretty I mean, pretty awful, I can imagine. Yeah, I've not seen it. The only thing I've seen is like the trailer, and the voiceover even says like two of like the deadliest animals compete for like their favorite food, mm. like teenage girls or something. God, <laughs> it's yes. like okay, well, that tells you all you need to know about that movie. In Anaconda, there are moments where they're like wading through water and they like hear a rustle or a ripple and they turn around and you don't see anything. 
Um, and then it might be like a POV shot of the snake or something. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like mildly scary. But in Lake Placid, they're in a canoe and then the fish start jumping and then they get capsized or yeah. when Hector's swimming with the life vest on and then it just appears like a meter in front of him. Like that was a very, that's I, much, much more terrifying. I very much liked that scene because it goes from this, like every other time you'd seen the crocodile, it's been this fast moving, like killing machine. Mm. But then this movie, it just like floats up and it sits there menacingly mm. and it makes sense in universe. And they even say it like it had just eaten a cow. So yeah. it's not exactly hungry. So it doesn't have any reason to chase after him. And mm. it just, it, it leans more into the point of it's just an animal. It's not like, um, like malicious or anything. It's yeah. just eating what it can to survive. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. That's it. And I guess it, because he was like the most respectful out of them all as well, because he was like the the guy that like worships crocodiles. Yeah, he reveres them as like these deities. Mm, mm. I suppose some other ones that I wanted to mention, um, I haven't seen, but I'd like to because these are like the other core, like very dangerous animals that have been turned into creature features. Mm-hmm. Um, Grizzly in 1976. Let me guess, it's about a bear. <laughs> <laughs> it gets panned because it came out a year after Jaws and apparently uses the same plot devices. Oh, okay. But I mean... How has there not been more horror films made about bears? I mean, we just had fucking cocaine bear, but for Christ's <laughs> yeah, sake. Yeah, I, I don't... From what I saw of the trailers, I think that was comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like a grizzly bear, like, that'd be terrifying. Yeah, I think I, that was I, Backcountry, I think was a more recent I one inspired know. by true I, events. I reckon a polar bear one would be scary because those animals are terrifying. My mum would love that. It's they're, a favourite animal. Yeah, <laughs> but they're huge and they're vicious because they're not... Mm. I think they're the only bears that aren't omnivores. That would be cool. They eat nothing but meat. yeah. Uh, of course, Piranha, 1978. Yep. yep. And, uh, was uh, that Joe Dante? I think who, so. Who did Gremlins? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, what did he do that we mentioned? The Howling, I think he did. Yeah, as uh, well. yeah I think he did The Howling, Gremlins, and this one. Yeah. But... It's a blurred line, these fucking mm. creature features. Yeah. Uh, you know what I watched yesterday? What did you watch yesterday? Razorback. <laughs> Razorback, yep. My, the, uh, the my Aussie classic. Aussie classic. My sister watched that when I was very, very young. Mm. So that's... I, I can't remember if I watched that... Well, if she watched that before or after Arachnophobia. Because yeah. I, never, I never watched Razorback with her. But this was 84. Yeah, but I think she liked that movie. It's, it's, it's definitely Australian. Yeah. Like I said, it was. it's... It's well made for its time, and but it was kind of scary in like the people as well were like terrifying as well, not just this massive ball. Got them Wolf Creek fellas. Yeah, it definitely gave me Wolf Creek vibes. And uh, like we mentioned at the start, there's like heaps of other films where it's monsters more so than big killer animals like Tremors. Uh, of course, and leprechaun, <laughs> whatever you call a leprechaun. Uh, I, no, I wouldn't call that a creature. Feature. What is that? What What is leprechaun? <laughs> I'd say it's up there. No, it's it's a. It's not a slasher. Fuck, I don't know. I, it's, 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 I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> there's gore in it. It's a B grade. But it's a fucking leprechaun. Yeah, that's like Tooth Fairy horror films, like Darkness, Darkness Falls and stuff. <laughs> okay, I'd put it up there. It, it's mythological. It's a mythological yeah. horror. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's a whole subgenre, mythology horror. Mm. Where you got, yeah, leprechaun. Maybe you kill a unicorn. Violent Night. <laughs> David Arbor. <laughs> oh <my God. sighs> uh, all right. What is an animal horror that you want made? I was thinking about that just before. What I killer th- animal? <laughs> no. Well, see, that's the thing. I think they should make one out of a non-killer animal. Okay. So, like, you take some animal that isn't a killer mm. and you turn it into one. I think that'd be interesting. Like a herbivore that attacks people. Yeah. So, off the top of my head, I'm not too sure. Because it, it's got to be something that's, like, 
ab- not abstract, but like not too familiar with our world, if that makes sense. Like okay. nothing that we have experience with on a day-to-day basis, okay. but something that's close enough. So maybe just like kill a goat or something. <laughs> oh man, goats terrifying. Yeah. They'll eat anything. Like, they, they look scary. Their eyes. Oh, they do have creepy eyes. Yeah. They've got mm. horn, like horns to kill people with. Yeah, I've seen The Witch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. That's actually really good. Fucking barnyard horror. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, I suppose that is getting into black sheep, though. Yeah. <laughs> sheep, goat. They're almost the same. I, I, I mean, I feel like most carnivorous or venomous animals have had a film made about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, one that I was thinking was, <laughs> like, cassowaries. Oh. Because, like, razor-sharp yeah. beaks. They're fast. That'd be a good, yeah, just like B-grade Australian yeah. horror movie. I, I mean, it might have been done before. I'm not sure, but I reckon that'd be pretty scary. To my knowledge, surely not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, nah, I like your polar bear idea. That's There's something in mm. that for sure. Yeah, have a lot like a like a thing-style base. Mm. They go out. Yeah, like scenes where it bear. blends into the white of the snow and then suddenly moves like the ritual. Yeah, yeah. You'd have... Pretty good, like, visually stunning shots with, like, the mm. red blood splattered across the white snow. Northern Lights. The fucking Northern Lights. That's Wait. it. Yes, polar No, bears. they do live in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. polar bears. <laughs> I was trying to remember. Polar bears live north. Penguins live south. Yes, that's right. I forget that we get penguins in yeah. Australia. Yeah, cool. Penguins. What a fucking <laughs> hell. Happy Feet 3. Watch out. There was a Happy, happy Feet 3, wasn't there? I thought there was two. Oh, I'm not sure. I never watched the second one. Jesus. It could, the cover could be like human feet. <laughs> Seven human feet in the ice. Oh, that's good. Oh, they'll, man. They'll dance on your grave. We're just getting stupid now. <laughs> uh, well, that's about everything I have for creature features. Yeah. Our animal attack horror action comedy films yeah, that we yeah. love. Very very not not scary heavy mm. movies this week. But kind of a fun one. A nostalgic one. Yeah, well, I guess we'll return to scary movie next week. Yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen for the next one. Well, that's good. I'd hate to record this if you're not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, um, we've got some good ones lined up. I think everyone will like. Yeah, until then, you can catch us every Friday. We drop an episode at 5 p.m. on 5 Spotify. PM. Anything, uh, anywhere you want to get your podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can catch us on the socials. Deadhouse, Deadhouse Pod, Deadhouse Facebook, Pod. Instagram. Add us. Let us know what you think of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Try and guess mm-hmm. our clues every Monday. That's it. Until then, we'll be right back.